Welcome to Urban Homestead Radio, preserving a homegrown way of life and inspiring others to bring the revolution home. Thanks to the support of our sponsor, Lehman's. For over 60 years, they have provided practical, non-electrical tools, appliances, and home goods. When technology fails, their products will certainly work. Check out their website at lehmans.com. That's L-E-H-M-A-N-S dot com. Let's go down to the urban homestead, Pasadena by the freeway. Hi, homesteaders. I'm your host, Annie Sturvase from the Urban Homestead in Pasadena. I hope everyone had a safe and blessed Thanksgiving. We certainly did. We spent it well, quiet one with our family and one other f- um, friend who we've been sort of quarantined with, the uh, quarantine, we have quarantine pod, whatever people are calling them these days. So, um, which was nice. We were able to spend it um, and enjoy some good fellowship and some good food. Um, on the food front, everybody um, was my friend's first time cooking a, a turkey, which because of quarantine, uh, family wasn't allowed to come in. So that was a, fir- a first for her and she was very proud of herself. And so that was nice to see somebody try something and succeed. Um, and I brought some, like a couple things from the garden. I made us uh, we call fall salad. So it was freshly gathered greens, um, baby greens that we have, which are really amazing. And I topped it with some pomegranates, um, seeds, and sliced fuyu persimmons, which give it a nice little crunch. And um, we put some edible flowers, which made it really pretty, and then served it with a honey mustard dressing. So that was pretty amazing. And the honey mustard dressing I found on... um, many years ago, uh, I think it was Moosewood cookbook or what a restaurant cookbook. And it's been a favorite fall favorite of our, our family. And I'll, I'll share the recipe at the end of this podcast. So hopefully you listen to the end and I'll, I'll share it. It's a very simple and easy recipe. So, wow, there's a lot to be grateful for, you know, with all these crazy th- things that are going on, um, crazy times. And there's a lot of homestead happening. So without further ado, we're going to try to get you caught up in what's been happening at the homestead and what's been growing on. So um, I guess I'll first start off with uh, some, I guess, barnyard developments, drama. Uh, drama developments, I guess, drama. It's like soap opera, you know. Um, so um, if you're following um, some of the happenings uh, back in September, we got some new um, baby ducks in the mail from Metzer Farms, and that was you know, we bought sexed females, which we pay, of course, you, if you've bought from hatcheries before, you know that there are three options. You can get male ducks, female ducks, and unsexed du- ducks, straight with, AKA straight run. So of course, straight run are cheaper, but then you know, 50-50. yeah, you're you're gonna put a coin toss of what, what's, what you're gonna get. So we, um, the last four times we've ordered from Metzer, we've or- all ordered female ducks and um, we ordered khaki camels and Welsh harlequins again. And um, well, so as you know, we named them. I think if you guys remember what I named them, it was one was the, on the khaki camel side, one was kiwi and one was hazel. And on the Welsh harlequin side, we had two and one we named um, Cleo or Cleopatra and Lady Gaga. So those were their names. And about two weeks ago, I noticed one of the khaki Campbells who was Hazel sounding like she had a frog in her throat. And I was like, hmm, 
that doesn't sound i was like did she scratch her throat that's kind of weird because other ones you know all the other ducks are quack 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 it's like vaudeville you know um vaudeville laugh track sometimes so i was like okay maybe she scratched her throat i something told me this is not right so i uh did not go away and then it kept getting worse and so worse as in like deeper and more froggy like and i was like oh no so i i was um and i think checked I, on every day. <laughs> I checked on it every day and i was like mm, this is the coloring this is, of the feathers yeah the, her coloring of feathers started changing her head started getting green and the wing feathers started getting green so all you know all y'all know who who raise animals and ducks especially that that ain't no female that's a male drake so hazel unfortunately is a henry or the the male form of whatever hazel is but yeah so that's a little bit disappointing and that's like i said the first you know first time we've had that happen to us where you know we've ordered female ducks and and um this yeah so that was quite interesting that we you know paid for them being sexed and didn't seem to work out this time so anyhow um i know that people are like oh well what's what's the big deal it's a drake you know if you're if you've raised ducks before you know definitely drakes are quieter um because like i said they sound like they have a frog in their throat where the females are very vocal and uh, that's true so and you say okay well why not keep him um well we've tried keeping a drake before and it just he just really upset the balance of the hens he was they just they would get worked up and it was he'd pick a favorite or not or he'd pick you know pick on somebody. yeah pick on a, one of the hens and then he'd do his shenanigans and the hens would you know sort of gather around and quack play by play of his mating shenanigans and and it was just quite loud and quite vocal so not that we don't want to keep him it just we just feel that it's best for um, our small flock to not have a drake so he will go um to the desert and join the other um, hen, so he will definitely have a harem down and hen have a hen of harems down in in Joshua Tree. So um, you know, I don't feel too sad for him. So, but I, I do feel sad for Kiwi because, um, like I said, she was um, one of the two Khaki Campbell. So, but she'll survive because. On another note, over the weekend, I got a call from a family who was unable to keep these two ducks. Um, so they had rescued them, some, their daughters, I think they went, if I can, they were kind of talking a lot, so I'm, I'm trying to piece it together, but they went to visit a farm. He has two daughters. They saw these two baby ducks that were being like picked on or something. I can't exactly remember what happened, but anyhow, they brought them home and raised them. But they're a little, now they're getting a little bit too much because they have two, two dogs and the ducks, of course, are messy. So. I, of course, am a sucker, and I said, yes, sure, we'll take them in. And so now we have two more ducks, and they're, one's a buff orphan if you're familiar with that. She's a beautiful sort of, I don't know, just like a creamy blonde duck, and then one's a black um, Indian runner. So, so yeah, they, they have names. So the buff orphan is Penny, and the, the black um, Indian runner is Billy. So we now have... Two more ducks to add to our flock so um it's happy ending it's right? happy ending here yeah so there's always going to be you know 
the end, you know, the ends and changes and things like that. But I'm happy to say I was a little, and not only that, also I not only took in two ducks, but I also took in another hen, a uh, black marin named Coco, who was getting a little aggressive um, at a friend of mine. She loves her chickens and she, and Coco was apparently getting aggressive with uh, some of the hens in her flock. And so she was a little worried. And so she was like, would you take Coco in? I was like, sure. And of course, I get the anxiety of, oh, okay, I have all this, you know, I have this hen, this um, chicken to integrate, and now these two ducks to integrate. And I get anxious about integrating the flock with um, new ones, because you know, it could be pretty, pretty nasty sometimes if it, go, if it goes south. So, so far, so good. I have to say that the integration with the, the new chickens and the new ducks have gone without any problems of course there was you know a little bit of pecking here and there small skirmishes and and things like that but no real issue so um yeah so that's all in all as well you know you can hear them maybe uh going to roost and going to bed it's about what almost it's getting sundown right now so they're you can hear them maybe in the background uh going off to to bed quacking off to bed but yeah so um yeah a little so excitement that's, on the barnyard <laughs> yeah it's always on that so that's our uh, soap uh, barn uh, backyard barnyard soap opera drama for the for the for the season right now breaking so, news yeah breaking news hazel is henry <laughs> so she's a drake no so so it's all good um but uh, for those of you who are wondering um you know how to keep their flocks healthy in winter we're always um, there's some t tips and tricks on that, you know, um, adding apple cider vinegar into their water, boosting their minerals, definitely have dry dirt on hand so they can um, have, you know, uh, sand or, you know, dry dirt for their dust bath to keep away mites and, and, and things like that. And then we sprinkle with diatomaceous earth, which also helps with that. And you want to have an ample protein source. Um, for them so uh, we have black soldier fly um, dry black soldier flies which larvae. they love larvae so um, yeah so those are some of the tricks um, or tips that we use to keeping flo our flocks healthy in winter so and with that let's see what what here I have my brother Justin he's the head farmer here at the urban homestead in charge of managing the the urban farm and the farm box program so we're going to talk a little bit about what's going on as like i said it's a uh, second week in december so uh we're putting some of the garden and parts to bed so tell us a little, little what's going on in well, the garden there's a little front. bit of excitement for farm boxes on thanksgiving <laughs> so what was um, that excitement because usually we have pickup on wednesday and thursday and due to thanksgiving um we shut down for uh, Thursday so we had to do 150 boxes in one day oh, okay wait back up a little bit because you were you were hyperventilating oh, at the start of the week it was you were just boxes. like 200 boxes <gasps> yeah. if people don't put their box oh okay 50 yeah. put their boxes in the hole yeah I was sort of having a semi meltdown trying to, <laughs> trying to figure about, out I have it. a meltdown Monday you yeah, had your meltdown, meltdown Monday Friday, <laughs> like Tuesday Wednesday whatever but it was uh it worked out um, we had a lot of hands on deck we're running out of uh, space to put everything, but we were able to pull it off and yep. it went surprisingly we it. without yeah. a hitch and mm -hmm. almost everybody picked up, I think. Yeah, so, so it was good. So that was one of those ones. Instead of Wednesday and Thursday pickup, we had to do it all on Wednesday. So that was quite interesting. Exciting. Um, exciting. <laughs> and luckily, I didn't mean to say, you know, funny funny thing, I was going to talk about that, how it's been dry and um, 
and luckily like i said it didn't rain so that would have been interesting but it has been a dry and cold year which is concerning for us why 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 is it con you want to tell justin why is that when we said it was la nina year and it means drier than normal mm -hmm. some people say that does you know necessarily mean uh a typical la nina could be a wet la nina yeah. you know there's no guarantees in farming or weather yeah so um we're hoping for get some rain it's been roller coaster ride with the temperature and we go up to 80 or 90 and then down to freezing i think we talked about that last week around halloween and then this week or this past friday um the forecast said 46 degrees in pasadena and my sister goes out and picks some grains for the animals and she said hey there's ice everywhere and i'm like this is really weird because usually it's 10 degrees colder we talked about that before mm -hmm. and this time it was 15 degrees colder in our backyard now i think it had something to do with the santa Ana winds or some yeah. sort of humidity mm -hmm. or dry mm -hmm. how dry it was but it did throw the good news is the road covers were up um so i hopefully didn't lose much mm -hmm. uh anything under there but it did surprise me that we we're all 15 degrees different than they forecast. Yeah, because you were just like, oh, um, we're good. And then Remember we were joking, so we wake up, it's really cold that morning, yeah. and, and then I saw the temperature gauge on the side of the house, and it said 40, and I said, oh mm -hmm. boy, if it's 40 on the side of the house, then mm -hmm. it's definitely mm -hmm. uh, colder on the um, yeah. rest of the yard. So it was sort of spooked me a little bit, but uh, so far, I don't think it ruined much yeah. anything. But. So any, like I said, that what, one lesson that, you know, as urban farmers know, or farmers know, you have microclimates no matter where you are and if the temperature says something guaranteed your yard is going to have maybe dozen microclimates so well you the, have to sun be angel changes, yeah. the sun angel changes with the neighbor's trees with mm -hmm. the uh, house the shade certain parts of the yard we had to take down our beautiful trombacino squash that was on the north side of the house that was getting kind of ratty and mildew and cold and so we took that down harvested a couple hundred pounds of that and it climbed halfway up the house roof, so um, we want to pull that down. And it was a pretty good year for Tromacino. Um Everybody likes, you know, gets a good... So what's uh, so great about Tromacino? I know if you haven't tuned in before, and um, when we, when you're saying, what the heck is Trombacino squash? It sounds like a trombone squash, yes. It is. Italian it is. heirloom squash, it looks like a trombone. Mm -hmm. um, Why do we when like it's, it? When it's green, you can use it like zucchini. Mm -hmm. When it's dry, it looks and stores and uses like a butternut. Burn and also you can sell the flowers so it's like a three for one squash while zucchini <laughs> zucchini if you miss zucchini it gets jumbo Whales, and you can't really yeah. use it but if you miss the trombosino they'll store for a year i remember about 10 years ago we grew three of them they're at six feet five they're in some books with uh, jimmy dury and um, some new uh, facebook posts um, they, they average about three to four feet um, if you trellis them they grow straight long and straight if they don't on if they're not on trellises they sort of go round and make cute little necklaces or the kids joke we're putting around their neck and stuff <laughs> like that so it's one of the one of our favorite squashes it's also the mildew quite resistant a conversation piece yes yes there's lots of discussions mm -hmm. we had a council member stop by and he was taken with them and then they came back for some more and it's definitely a showstopper and unfortunately we didn't have any tours this because of covid it had been nice to, uh, people would have been, uh, yeah, walk through the, uh, the, the, what do they call the, them, the, the hanging, what do they call it, the, when, what do caves have? Um, Stedlick mites? Yeah, that's, that's what it's like, yeah. But it's every once in a while you hit your head on them and get a concussion, <laughs> but, you know, so it was, Watch uh, your head. it's, yeah. it's always, it's always a good conversation piece, and 
mildew resistant it grows on a trellis up over basically a wasted space um, it grows along the fence line hangs over the neighbor's yard we go over so, there and pick like that. i said it is a, it is a squash worth investing in if you want what, bang for your buck or whatever it's it's in it's like i said grows in trellising and can shade really fast and it's one of our favorites here at the homestead so look it up if you haven't um and like I said, if we were talking about the the dry season, we're, what is our what is our season for rain? December, January, February is our biggest mm-hmm. our, uh, weather month. Yeah, we, so we, we don't get, get it now. We can get as late as April and a couple sprinkles, mm-hmm. but measurable rain if we don't get in the next few months is yeah. going to be. So it is it is concerningly dry, and so there's we're fires a little bit, still burning. Yeah, there was fires just last week, so. We're a little worried about that, so we're definitely praying for rain because we're definitely going to need it. So if we're, it's going to be a hot and dry summer for sure, and a scary summer with with the with the the fires. So what's what's um what are you uh, planning in in your raised beds and harvesting? So last week we for the farm box program we harvested a bunch of radishes. So we had some rainbow easter egg ones that uh, the volunteers had planted a couple weeks ago we had some long white sort of daikon ish radish um, and then some red long ones and surprisingly it uh, didn't really take care of them but they looked pretty good when i pulled them up i got a li- it got a little distracted a little uh what happens is we put compost in there and some other volunteers grow and sort of crowded out some of the radishes but was able to get a nice decent harvest out of that um hopefully another couple this week with the farm box program uh, salad mix is always popular its hardest part is keeping it staggered broccolini did very well um the broccoli rob is driving me crazy because it's like two feet tall and it's not ready to pick so it's overwhelming you know the beds and the pathway so it's actually growing too really big. robust yeah really big and, and, it's and not producing any one, of the heads so we use it in a saute mix for the greens and there's a tiny little head down there so maybe i planted it too early or maybe the soil's too good mm-hmm. um but yeah it's growing too well in a small area but yeah. that's what the challenge is i think it's i don't think people are, are aware there's you know there's gardening for gardening hobby and you know you have a couple raised beds and that's a garden but when they say oh you know you have a urban farm or I have a farm farming is a whole different uh, concept it's it's you know succession planning it's picking packing it, and it's a whole different even microclimate to so the more acres yeah. you've got the less microclimates because I remember talking to a couple of friends who have you know 10 20 acres and there's no shade in the whole you know the mm-hmm. sun really angles doesn't mm-hmm. really change there's some you know pockets cold pockets but here you know the neighbor's trees the house the um even the squash was shading the bed mm-hmm. because the sun angle had changed mm-hmm. so we had to take that down so um, urban farming is quite challenging in yes, a small space it is so not to mention the business side of covid yeah so speaking shutdown. yeah so speaking of the business side and shut down um as maybe if you've listened to our podcast in previous past uh, around fall time, we talk about this time where we take stock in the yard, especially the front yard where it's at more edible landscaped and we, we reevaluate, you know, what, 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 what grew well, what didn't grow well. However, with this scenario, we're not actually sure what we're going to plant. Yeah. We took, I don't know. We might've brought it up a little bit, but we've been selling to this one, 
caterer, a local passing establishment, well-known, we knew the owner from way back. We've been selling to her uh, for 25 years, and due to COVID, they shut down eight months ago, and we would grow specialty herbs, herbs and garnishes, garnishes yeah. just for them. Red vein sorrel. Oh, and edible flowers. Edible flowers. Mm-hmm. Red vein sorrel, nasturtium, rum, um, African blue basil, lion's tail, and these all toothache mm-hmm. plant mm-hmm. and all these weird exotic garnishes that they would buy thousands of pieces and thousands of dollars a year, even a month. Um, and now, after eight months, and the lavender mm-hmm. and the blue basil is all beautiful and loaded with flowers, but Yes, the farm box people buy a couple bunches here, a couple bunches there. But, but the cash crop. The yeah. cash crop where we would sell it by, you know, 20, 25 cents each for garnish is no longer there. So the question is... What to plant? And do we keep it? Mm-hmm. Do we plant something else? Um, the annuals, not too worried about because it's like, oh, we have to replant them anyways. Mm-hmm. But these perennials, they're beautiful. They're productive. They are drought tolerant. But we call it return on investment. But the return on investment <laughs> the last eight months well, has been. ROI. So when we remember we used to do the tours a couple months ago, it's like all this stuff was profitable and saleable and marketable. And they, all the caterers and country clubs and private chefs were shut down. So it's like, now what do we do with it? Yeah. Um, so, so that's so a definitely challenge. definitely have some hard choices. Yeah. We're going to... We take we always um, we usually take some time off uh, from the farm boxes between um, Christmas and New Year. So well, that's um, where Dad's. Uh, yeah. This would be Dad's four year anniversary of his passing, December. Um, so we to recharge. It also coincides with Christmas and New Year's. So mm-hmm. we take and, a little yeah. bit of time off to try to uh, and uh, powwow as a family and figure out what's what's the future. What's twenty twenty one going to be? Um, I know we don't know, but it's gonna we're gonna try. I mean, we have to we have to figure out some things. That's the things that the hard decisions is it's like uh, should things stay or should it go, and and that's going to be tough because you're you're not going to know. You're going to have to take it. It's a crapshoot. So yeah. we're gonna. But I mean, we we're talking about um, just when you didn't do anything wrong. It's none of nobody's mm-hmm. fault, um, and you lose a customer that you've had for twenty twenty five years, and it hurts. Yeah. You know, we lost eighty percent of our revenue stream to COVID. Unfortunately, the farm boxes uh, picked up, but there's a lot of work, and we're grateful for the farms that help us do that. Cause we and we're grateful to customers too, so that support. So every but, week, yeah, can come and get the boxes. So we are, you know, like I said, this is time to count your blessings. So we definitely have to, um, yeah, count what we do have, and we're grateful for. Um, so anything else in the garden front? that you like uh, I guess you were, what are you planting you're just continuing planting stuff we got some really nice green onions very popular sales um, on the farm boxes um, we talked about last time that the pea shoots not so much so we didn't grow as much um, salad mix is always popular kale cannot grow enough kale <laughs> no matter if we turn the whole yard over in kale uh, not that I want to do that but mm-hmm. so yeah, we uh, we as uh, alternate farms with the kale mm-hmm. um with some really nice looking lettuce yeah it's really looking good i think um sanjay as we talked about before sanjay has been really on top of the compost and i mean 
managing the compost, there's some serious soil coming out of the backyard now. Yeah, and the beds I are mean, topped off, and then we're running out of space to put it, so we'll have so. to figure that one out. But slowly but surely, we get into the four corners of the yard. There's still one or two areas that I haven't touched, and hopefully during the break, or um, I can able to uh, get on top of things. But, yeah. oh yeah, we're harvesting Jerusalem artichokes, sunchokes. Um, they grew all summer and now we have to dig them up so dig to order for farm boxes so maybe sell 10 pounds a week mm -hmm. yeah so so it's like a treasure hunt mm -hmm. trying to dig up these things and last year one plant produced 40 pounds this year i didn't get so much but they might have been planted too close together well not planted sorry none of them are actually planted they mm -hmm. volunteer mm -hmm. from the last year the ones i missed so um, it's kind of hard to remember once you cut them down it's like where are they at because they're scattered all through the yard so they're pretty they're pretty cool drought tolerant and you could sprinkle them in wet uh, waste areas mm -hmm. yeah so if for what about what um some maybe some tips and um for i guess what you said but now i would say fall garden but now we're going into winter so what are some t your favorite tips and or tricks for a f um fall slash winter garden road covers definitely help uh with the temperature and the cold so we invested in another batch of them they could add maybe five to ten degrees put wire and um, some wire hoops over there and some road covers so they help um, with the shorter days and the cooler temperatures i plant the plants a little bit farther apart because there's not as much uh, daylight yeah. and i don't need as much uh, you need more air need um, more air so yeah. i i lost the couple to shade or rot because the too close <laughs> too close together or the shade of the squash shaded them and too much too much water um, so it's always it's always uh tweaking. it's yeah. always tweaking things the arugula did really well um it got three or four harvests off of one bed and then we turned it over and i planted salad mix we do have these little grubs that are eating uh, um swiss chard it's very hard to get swiss chard without holes in it so um, try some BT, Bacillus thurgogensin, caterpillar killer on those. So, just once, hopefully, one application will control them. But I usually don't um, spray anything. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, you usually try not to do that. So, on anything. What else we got? Leeks. We're growing new leeks. Are baby you doing leeks. garlic? Please. No. <laughs> I know. Garlic is so <laughs> not so. It takes so long. Yeah. Garlic. We can do green garlic. Maybe. Uh, yeah. But no. Yeah. I know. No, no garlic. Got a lot of green onions. Got a lot of, sh got some shallots. Mm -hmm. Got some purple onions. Yeah. Some green leeks. But I think it's uh, trying to figure out what we could supply or grow to supply the farm boxes. And uh, we're talking about the herbs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I saw you planting today. You're planting more herbs. So that's good. So speaking of herbs, um, we're coming to the end of our. Uh, podcast interview I did say I was gonna share a recipe um, it's not it doesn't have herbs but it does have honey <laughs> um, but it's a, called the honey mustard vinaigrette from the Moosewood restaurant and um, cookbook um, and it's very simple and like, like I said our family loves it so it's a third of a cup of apple cider vinegar a third of a cup of Dijon mustard a third of a cup of honey you mix all those, the mustard and the vinegar, and the and you start drizzling the honey in. So you want all that blended before you add the oil. And then you would add about a cup of vegetable oil. 
and then you blend that and add salt to taste and that's it and it's and like I said it's really good especially with our the salad greens with the arugula and the the red mustards and the freckled yeah freckled lettuce and the pomegranates it's just oh so good so hopefully you can enjoy that with your fall salad oh the sweet potatoes oh yeah so for the sweet potatoes i did for the thanksgiving i um, was vegan so i mashed the soup mashed up the cooked and then mashed the sweet potatoes and being vegan i just had a little bit of coconut uh, milk, but on top, which is uh, a favorite of people's, taking um, roasted pecans and, and then some butter, some maple syrup, and some cayenne pepper. So it gives it a little sweet, sweet and. Did you put some pomegranates on top? Oh, yeah, and then pomegranates on top of that. So that is a real another winner. So that's something vegan else you dish. can enjoy. And that's vegan. Well, if you didn't do butter, but you can find an alternative. So I know fall is. I, I like fall because it's just uh, things to, to eat, st eat stuff like pumpkin and spices and cinnamon and all that good stuff so. it's still cold in the morning no, <laughs> it's still cold. It's California still cold. cold it's still cold yeah it is my it is a mite cold so um what i'm doing for 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 the cold in the morning and boosting up immunity is another little i guess homestead hack for me is um you know we're getting you know farming take yeah get old <laughs> it's like oh i feel that you're not getting up so fast and everything is like you know it's like a little wd-40 yeah wd-40 in the joints so um in the winter time i like to add turmeric um to my coffee so they can you know they call it aka golden coffee but a little bit of turmeric it's not only immune and energy boosting but it reduces inflammation helps helps digestion and especially with the with now with our super rich holiday foods and winter beginning um with you know cold and flu season and of course covid season um yeah and it tastes really amazing you just need a little bit and i find that when i eat because i have a sensitive stomach too it reduces uh, my you know stomach inflammation and i seem to lose a little bit weight um people are like oh you, you lost some weight and i was like I haven't done anything and i was like oh it must be the turmeric so that's another little tip from the homestead to try on these um then you cold also made rustic, rustic split pea soup oh yeah that's another favorite rustic split stay pea tuned soup. for the next episode <laughs> for the recipes recipes the for that oh so much so much going on but um i still can't get used to it being dark yet like five and it feels like midnight at eight and oh but we're getting we turned on our heat our <laughs> gas heater this morning so that's how cold it was for 42 45 degrees well it's a definitely a time of transition it's a time for you know with winter it's hibernation it's time to just you know go inside and you know go inward and figure out what what's uh, the new year is going to bring and the pandemic has certainly changed all of our lives with mass shutdowns and sadly people losing their their family members and jobs and so it's been one thing after another and as we you know get into the final month of this year a classic country song came to mind where it's Merle Haggard's song says if we make it through December everything's going to be all right so till next time be safe be strong and Everything will be all right. Bye. Let's go down to the urban homestead, Pasadena by the freeway, right down there on the urban homestead. We love to hear your feedback or questions. Visit us at urbanhomestead.org to check out what's happening on the homestead.
follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And until next time, keep on growing.